Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today I will be opening the call to worship with a children's book. It's called Faith, Hope, and Love. The Cure for Sadness. Psalm 42, 5. Why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? Why should I put my hope in God and keep praising him? There are a lot of sad things that happen in life. Friends move away. Some of us get sick or hurt. Sometimes we lose a pet and a loved one. We can't know for sure why sad things happen. We hope they happen so that we learn and grow. They can help us enjoy even more happy times together. Memory. But there's one thing we know for sure. Even when bad things happen, when we feel sad and out of control, God loves us. God is in control. So when sad days come, and as hard as it may seem, we need to remember to put our trust our hope, and our faith in God. It's hard, but today as we take time to remember the loved ones we have lost, we need to remember that God is our hope. He does love us and he cares for us. Sometimes I have to tell myself that God needs an angel He needs an angel with a special talent or a special gift. He needs that angel in heaven. So I hope it's okay, God, that that angel is sitting on my shoulder or your shoulder, protecting us, but also following through and doing God's work. Today, let us take time to remember the loved ones we've lost over the last year and know that they are with God, doing what he loves, using them as he uses us still on earth. As we remember Miss Emily Washburn, Virginia Harris, Nancy Marsh, Robert R. Hamrick, Sophie Osborne, Lou Reese, Jane Stroud, Ken Daves, to the glory and the honor of God. Amen. Our hymn is number 571, You Are My All in All, 571. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
invite the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. How are you, Mr. James? Good? Well, I'm glad. Have you had a good week? Good. Hey, Jude. Well, I need to know something. Do you know what that is? Hey, Emily. Emily, I bet Emily knows what that is. What is that? What mark, mark is that? Question. You think it's a question? Might be. How about an exclamation point? Do you ever see exclamation points on your paper sometimes or in the book? No. You don't? Yes. Well, I do, because sometimes you say, wow, and that means you're happy or surprised. It means you might be doing something good. Well, I want to read a verse in the Bible and see if you don't think it needs an exclamation point under it. It's coming from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, who will I send? Who will go for us? And he said, here am I, send me. So I think that when he says, send me, we need an exclamation point behind it. Because you know what? God sends us all. And when I put, look here, what am I putting on this exclamation point? Hands. hands. Whose hands are these? Can you tell me whose hands they look like? Do they look like mommy's hands? Whose hands might they be? God. They think they're God's hands? You think God likes to finger paint and put smiley faces on his hands? I know a little boy who likes to paint. You might, do you reckon? Well, what I want you to see when you see these hands and you see these smiley faces around this exclamation point is we could answer God and say, send me too. We can, he can send you to vacation Bible school. He sends you to school. He sends you to daycare. And you share your smile. And you share how you love God. And then you can have that exclamation point at the end. Don't you think, Jude? Think so? I bet when Daddy, when you do something really good, Daddy says something and puts an exclamation point at the end. What you think? You think? You think? Okay. Well, this week, I know it might be hard, but when you do something really good, you listen and think about your hands and you, and God is sending you to teach others. Just like he's sending people in our church to teach others. They are taking that exclamation point and answering God's call to say, send me. Can you do that? All right, let's pray. Lord, we are precious in your sight and we all need to listen because we can all answer, send me. Whether it be here in Guatemala, camp this summer, vacation Bible school, or just being around people, we need to understand that our love can show through our face 
and our voice, and we can show God's love. Lord, we bless these children, we bless their homes, we bless this church. We answer you, God. We hope you lead us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning once again. If you are with us today for the first time, I would love the opportunity to talk with you and get to know you a little more after the service. I'll be in the vestibule and would welcome that opportunity. I want to mention some prayer concerns before we pray this morning. Uh, first of all, you may have noticed, uh, of course, Ellen did a great job opening our service today, but Alan and about six seniors, high school seniors, and a couple adults are returning this morning, I believe as we speak from uh, Western North Carolina, Tennessee border as they were whitewater rafting and having a senior retreat this weekend. And so let's be in prayer for their safety as they returned. Alan just gave me a text saying that um, maybe for some parents that haven't been able to communicate as well, that he's just now received cell phone coverage and sent me a text saying that it was a lot of fun and thanks for your prayers. Um, and uh, the, the kids had a wonderful uh, weekend. So be in prayer for them as they return home. Also, uh, we do receive, we did receive some good news from Jane Surratt this week as she went for some further tests. Um, she has been diagnosed with lung cancer, but uh, the latest they heard this week is that does not appear to have spread anywhere else in her body. And so we rejoice with that, but be in prayer for them this week as they now begin to decide how to attack what they do know about. And that will happen this Wednesday. And so be in prayer for Lynn and Jane Surratt in regards to that. Let's also remember Joel Dobbins and Heidi as um, Joel will be beginning some new treatments this week and let's be in prayer for that family. Jeremiah and Mariah, we've heard from them. They are in Africa with the team uh, on a trip and for be back in June the 6th, I believe it is, and things are going okay for them, but they covet our prayers and um, they have been in some situations, just some unique situations, as you might imagine, as they've traveled around Kenya. And so let's pray, pray for their continual um, uh, uh, safety as they um, uh, continue this journey. I see uh, some family for, from Dave Gordon this morning out there and uh, welcome. And, but Amy let me know, uh, his daughter who is here today, that um, Dave is, is doing okay. He, he had a great surgery. The doctor came in, I was there and said that things were, it was a boring heart surgery and boring is good. Uh, boring is really good. Uh, but Dave has continued to have some, some struggles there, uh, but will hopefully be moved to a step down unit today, but still very much needs our prayers during this critical time of recovery. Let's also be in prayer for Bible school. This is an important time in the life of our church and for children and families every year. If you have not signed up to help and are willing to do so, please talk to me. Julie Daves is here this morning. You can talk to her, Elena Bryson, Ellen, uh, and let us know and we'll plug you in in some way. But be in prayer for Bible school. That starts June the 10th and we would love to have uh, your children, grandchildren, community children here for those uh, several days. It's a sports theme and we're looking forward just to a wonderful time together. Before I pray, I do want to say, as, as we know, today is Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend, and we certainly uh, want to thank, uh, and we're certainly grateful for all those uh, who have given their lives in, the act, uh, in active duty. Uh, we sometimes uh, have to remind ourselves of what all the different um, holidays are for. Memorial Day is, for, again, for those who have passed in active duty. And so we are grateful today for all those who have served our country, and have given the ultimate sacrifice for us to be able to enjoy the freedoms that we do. Go to me now in a word of prayer. God, on this day of memory, we have gathered together to worship, to sing, to pray, to read and to study and to hear your word proclaimed. Lord, we remember the past as we gather, but we also look to the future 
On this day, we come before you, God, thankful for the sacrifice made by many. On this day, we come seeking your peace. And we come before you, God, praying with all of our hearts that, God, we know that you have been our help in ages past, and we acknowledge that you are our hope for years to come. Help us to find the path that leads to the peaceable kingdom. Open our eyes and the eyes of the nations to find a different path through the disagreements of life in this world. In this time of worship, may we be recommitted by being people of peace, true peace. May we catch a vision of how the world could live together. And so we echo the old prayers, make us channels of blessings, channels of your peace. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with us. On this day, we lift up those recovering and those dealing with ongoing health concerns. We pray for Dave Gordon, for his continued recovery, for Jane Surratt as she begins treatments, for Joel and Heidi as Joel begins, undergoes some new treatments this week, for Jeremiah, for Mariah, for Alan and the seniors returning, and Lord, for our Bible school coming up in a couple weeks. We pray for the teachers, for the children, that you would prepare their hearts to hear the love and the message of Jesus Christ and how he loves them and has a plan for their lives. Oh God, we love you. We think of the children's sermon in our text today. And Isaiah responded with those infamous, those famous words, here am I, send me. Father, prepare our hearts that we may also respond to your call, to the call that you have placed on our lives and that we, when asked, may respond the same. Here am I, send me. We ask this prayer in the almighty name of Jesus Christ and for his sake. Amen. Our next hymn is number 482, Here I Am, Lord, 482. If you are able, please stand and join and sing.
Maria Familia. Uh, good morning, Family Church. Uh, thank you for this opportunity for me. My name is Carlos Sangüesa. I'm Guatemala team trip. Uh, I have short time here, and really, I need to tell or I need to say you all. You made me feel glad, comfortable, and I'm happy in my new church. Thank you, you all, for, for your comprehension, uh, attitude. Uh, I'm just learning English. Sometimes I, I don't understand nothing. Sometimes I can't understand. Uh, my apologies for that. I, I'm so social, but the problem is I can't understand when, when you all are talking. <laughs> So, uh, but I'm learning. Uh, when I got here, I was zero English. That means 22 months ago. Now I can say hello. I'm, I'm learning. So for that, I appreciate you all for your love for me and, and my love in Jesus Christ for you all too. Thank you. Thank you uh, for everything you are doing for me. Thank you. Let me ask pride. Thank you, Father, to be this morning in your home. We raise our pride to you, asking your blessing over each one we'll give often for you. Thank you, Father, for making us grateful with you, because every, every offering May leading, leading, um, advance, grow up your gospel. But also may us grateful with you and may us remember how King David prayed about this. Everything comes from you and we have given you only only we receive from your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We pray in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Amen. Thank you, Justin. May God bless the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. Before I pray, I want to say beginning next Sunday, June the 3rd, I'll be beginning a new summer sermon series. And I think we have a little clip art up here, but um, it's called God at Work. And we'll be looking at God's radical grace as exemplified through Samuel and David. And it was exemplified in some very unexpected ways. Uh, This sermon series will be different for two reasons. One, they'll be a little shorter no amens. Just, I know you're wanting to say it. Just, just hold, them to, hold them in. It'll be a little bit shorter, but it'll be a little bit shorter because we're going to have testimonies. That's the goal anyway, uh, each Sunday that will go along with the sermon. As we looked at how God worked in the lives of Samuel and David back many years ago, we'll also be looking at how God is working today in the lives of people, the lives of his church. Next Sunday, we'll be looking at 1 Samuel 3 about Samuel's call. And many of you know that story. He heard that voice three times in the night. And finally, uh, Eli told him what to say and how to respond the next time he heard it. And um, God calls many of us. He calls some to ministry, to preach and to music and youth ministry and missionaries. But he also calls some to be accountants and farmers and teachers and nurses. And so we're going to be hearing from a teacher next week. Rhonda Hamrick, who's retiring from Bowling Springs Elementary, will be sharing her testimony next week. And so I hope you will try to be here as often as you can throughout the summer. At least for the next six weeks, we'll be looking at the theme, God at work. How was he working then and how is he working now in the lives of his people? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day, for the songs, for the prayers, the scripture, Lord, for the the things that have taken place up to this point. And Father, we pray now that as your word has been read, as it is now preached, Father, we pray that you would speak to us in new and fresh ways, that your word would fall on good soil and that it would grow within us and take root and bear great fruit. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon is a little bit of a trailer for next week as we look at Samuel's call, but today we're looking at Isaiah and his encounter, a pretty awesome encounter that he had with God in the midst of a very difficult time, in the midst of a very difficult circumstance. Today we are reminded that as God's children, we are called to be on mission. You've heard it said before, we are on mission people. God has done something in us and he has called us to be witnesses for him. He has called us to be on mission as we go about our daily lives. Last Sunday night, many of you enjoyed eating fish and being a part of raising money for a trip to Guatemala. Thank you, Carlos, for praying this morning. Wonderful job there. Carlos was a big help along with many others last Sunday. We very much appreciate that. We praise the Lord for all who gave and all who helped. We cleared over $4,000 for our trip upcoming to Guatemala, and we're excited about that. 
As your pastor, it is my hope that Boiling Springs Baptist Church would fulfill the commands of Jesus, the command of Jesus in Acts 1.8. And there he says, you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in Boiling Springs, in Judea, throughout North Carolina, Samaria, throughout the United States, if we're putting it in today's language, and then to the remotest part of the earth. As we make plans for a trip to Guatemala, we should also, and we are, continually thinking about how and, and, and active in ways we can reach out to the local Boiling Springs community. I'm grateful for many who are participating in a new mission endeavor with Cecilia Beck and Shelby. I'm grateful for our food pantry. I'm grateful for the ongoing ministries of Boiling Springs Baptist Church and the way we reach out and the way we seek to be on mission Christians here in Boiling Springs. Most of us like the view from our own backyard. I think we could uh, agree with that. Sometimes better than anywhere else. We open up the gate every now and then to see uh, what's going on in the world. We watch the news or we read the news on our cell phones about what's going on in the world. We hear stories from missionaries, often at church. We hear and learn about what God is doing in the midst of other countries. We see this through videos sometimes in worship. We learn about it through uh, some WMU groups that we have within our church, through Wednesday nights or through Sunday nights. And we are a missional people. We love missions, we support missions, and we hear often about what God is doing in the midst of other countries and with other people groups. We shake our heads at the injustice and often that's sometimes as far as we go. We may put some money in the plate as well and pray for our missionaries, but it nevertheless, sometimes our response is limited. After all, we've got our own lives amid our problems to worry about. We've got our dreams to fulfill and our goals to pursue. I've heard the sentiment before, why are we doing things for people way off somewhere? We have enough trouble and we have enough problems here at home. Jesus helps us with the answer to that concern in Acts 1.8 when he says, go and be my witnesses, both here at home and to the remotest part of the earth. It's not an either or, but it's a both here and there. Isaiah probably felt the same way as those who say we have enough trouble here at home. Born almost 30 centuries ago to an aristocratic family in Judah, Isaiah probably had his life all mapped out. And I'm sure he heard about the rising power of Assyria, Judah's, Judah's notorious enemy, and I'm sure that, uh, I don't know how much, but he might have been doing a little bit to withhold back the idolatry and the, and the way his culture was changing, but nevertheless, he, he didn't do a lot. He might have mourned the, the immorality that was eroding around the foundations of his religion, but at least from where we pick up the story, we're not aware that Isaiah was getting real involved and in doing a lot to change the spiritual landscape of his area at that time. At least not until Isaiah 6. And he had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with God where he faced heartbreak, a heartbreaking loss. And then he had this life-changing encounter with God. And that's where we pick up here today in Isaiah 6. Looking at Isaiah 6, Isaiah teaches us a few things about living on mission. About living an on-mission lifestyle with God. The first thing he teaches us is that God uses circumstances to make us aware of his presence. God uses circumstances to make us aware of his presence. Some of you are well aware of this. You've been going about your life, things have been normal, and because of situations, because of circumstances in your life, all of a sudden you and God are talking a whole lot more, and you and God are spending more time together because some things around you are becoming very uncomfortable. You're having to maybe go and do some things that you're a little uncomfortable with. 
And so you begin to have a special encounter with God. In the midst of an immoral society and the threat of war, Judah's king, a good king, Uzziah, died. Since Isaiah had access to the king's court, again, being from a significant and important family, if you will, an aristocratic family, he probably knew Isaiah, I mean, excuse me, Uzziah quite well. And Isaiah took his death rather hard. In the midst of Isaiah's grief, the Lord visited him in a vision. And I love those words in the scripture. Uh, I love to, to, to quote them. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. And then we learn about the seraphims and the holy, holy, holy. But God speaks to Isaiah amid the grief of losing Uzziah. God used these very painful circumstances to speak to Isaiah. A question, has God spoken to you more on the mountaintop of successes or in the valley when things weren't going the way you had planned. This is not how life was supposed to work out. And you begin to have an encounter with God that uh, you would rather not have it in the midst of that valley, but nevertheless, there you find yourself in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the pain. And that's where we find Isaiah here today. His, his friend, but not only his friend, but the king, Uzziah, has died. This happened around 740 BC. Uzziah's death signaled an end of an age, a good age, because he was a good king. And why do we know this? Because in 2 Chronicles 26, the scripture tells us so. He became a king at age 16 and reigned for 52 years. Before, if you know your Bible history, before the wicked Ahaz became king and took over and began to lead the people away from God. So not only does God use circumstances to make us more aware of his presence, as he did with Isaiah, but he also reveals his character to make us see our need. He reveals more of his character to make us see our need. In verses two through seven, as we continue through chapter six, Isaiah comes to the temple in grief, but he found himself in worship of God. As God was revealing his greatness to Isaiah, for a moment the heavens opened up and Isaiah saw the majesty of God and saw who he is and the moment changed Isaiah forever. Have you ever had an an occasion like that. Maybe you didn't see these um, uh, seraphim creatures dancing around with six different wings, but maybe it was at a camp or maybe it was in, in the privacy of your own bedroom at home, or maybe it was in nature, maybe it was in church, maybe it was in a revival meeting or a Bible school, but yet God revealed himself in powerful ways. And from that moment on in your life, things were different. You saw others differently. You saw the world differently because of that special encounter that you had with God. Justin, thank you for reading Holy, Holy, Holy the way that you did. When we read Holy, Holy twice, it, has, it describes someone as most holy, but when the scripture has Holy, 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 it means the holiness of God is indescribable. It, it can't be put into words, and so that's the best that the author could do. Holy, Holy, Holy. Another thing that happens when we see God like this is we draw closer to him and we become more aware of our own sinfulness. And that was happening here with Isaiah. We see this, um, Isaiah says, I am a man of unclean lips. Many scholars believe that Isaiah had a problem with his tongue. Do you know anyone like that? Um, years ago, I preached a sermon from this passage that I used the fireman's uh, analogy, stop, drop, and roll. Um, and I love to always remember that when I come to Isaiah 6, Isaiah stopped he had this experience with the Lord. He saw God in all of his glory and all of his majesty. And then he dropped to his knees. Because when that happens, when that happens for you and I, we would do the same. 
We realize who we are and who he is. We stop, we drop to our knees, we ask him to forgive us for our sins. And then the stop, drop, and roll, then we begin to roll up our sleeves and we begin to get to work. We begin to uh, perform greater acts of service. We begin to share with our lips. We begin to share with our lives more about this encounter that we've had with God. And because of what he's done in us, we want to share with others. Stop, drop, and roll. The next point that we learn here in Isaiah 6 is God expands our vision. He does that, doesn't he? When he comes into our lives and visits us in a fresh way, he expands our vision, he gives us hope, and he reminds us that we are useful to him. God's heart beats for the world. God saw the people of Israel spread out and in despair, and God could have sent angels to communicate his message, but he chose to send Isaiah. And we see here where Isaiah made himself available to be used of God. Knowing the history of Isaiah up to this point and knowing the privileged family that he came from, Isaiah had to step outside of privilege. He had to step outside of the comfort. He had to step outside of the ivory tower and he called a vision for God's broader world. This is what happens when God begins to take up residence, when God begins to set up camp in us and in our hearts and in our lives. We begin to see the world and other people and the community in which we live in a new light. Isaiah wanted to serve the Lord who had forgiven him. His gratitude and our gratitude for what God has done should lead each one of us to greater service. Isaiah's view of God had expanded and he was ready to serve God now as his prophet. Like many of the other so-called, well, many of the other prophets in the Old Testament, life was not easy for Isaiah. He was sent out with a message that very few people wanted to hear, as is the case with almost all of the prophets in the Old Testament. And at times today, many ministers and many Christians who live this on-mission life would say the same. We are often called to speak forth a message that often very few want to hear. Isaiah was faithful and he trusted God with the results. This same sovereign God who called out Isaiah calls out to each of us asking for our faithful service as well. As we go about our lives serving and being on mission Christians, just like Isaiah, God will take care of the results. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you open to the call of God in your life? First of all, have you had an encounter with God? Isaiah had a very significant encounter with God in the midst of deep grief. And there's times, if we, we had time to share testimonies, and I know many of you now, uh, in, in a more personal way, and I know that many of you have had those encounters when you have had difficulties and trials and circumstances that were beyond your control, that were taking place in your life. There was something that happened within you. There are things that happened within me during those low valleys, during those times when I would not have scripted my life to hap have happened in this way that God begins to do his work in me and through me. But let me ask you a question. Are you open to the call of God on your life? This may or may not be full-time vocational ministry, but it may be that God is calling you to be an on-mission Christian in the midst of the school where you work. That God is calling you to be an on-mission Christian with the people at the plant or on the field or in the office where you work. We are all called to be on mission Christians no matter what our occupation. 
As I conclude, imagine with me the impact, if you will, if you allowed God to launch you like an arrow into the midst of a needy world. Imagine the impact of one arrow obedient to the bend of the bow in the hands of Almighty God. Isaiah was willing to be launched into this unpredictable world, a world that didn't always want to hear what he had to say. And into the unknown, Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Many of you are probably like me. I like to have things planned out a little bit, like to kind of know where I'm going, what I'm doing, what I've got, what I need for the trip or what I need to prepare for something a week, two weeks, you know, six months from now. These things are important. But Isaiah heard a call and you and I hear that same call today as we hear the voice of the father saying, whom shall I send and who will go for me? I hope you will join me and with others in responding with the words of Isaiah when he said, here I am, send me. Send me into the unpredictable, send me into the unknown, send me into what may be risky and what may cost me everything. But here I am, send me. Let's pray together. God, give us courage and give us strength to pray the words that Isaiah spoke when you called out to him. Give us the strength again and the courage to say, here I am, send me. Send me back into the place, my place of employment. Send me into my community here in Boiling Springs. Send me in throughout North Carolina and the United States. And if so be it, send me around the world to proclaim the message and the hope of a life found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, it's a risky thing to say, but Lord, give us the courage, like Isaiah, to say, here I am, send me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here today and you've never had that encounter with God, I'd love to talk with you about how you can have that. Maybe you're here today and uh, we think about Isaiah's encounter. As he came into the presence of God, he realized his own sinfulness. And if that's the case with you, I'd love to talk with you about how God can forgive you of your sins and change your life. And so that moving forward from this day, everything can be different. Or maybe some are here this morning and saying, Keith, I felt a tug on my heart now for some time and I haven't responded to that tug in relationship to God's call on my life. Maybe it's for full-time ministry. Maybe it's for, you know, God's called you to, to step it up in your place of employment and in a way to be his witness and to be a stronger voice and a, a stronger light for him. If so, I'd love to talk with you more about that. If you desire church membership, I invite you to come today as we stand and we sing together. Hymn number 483, let's stand and sing together.